Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorkov, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news with us today. Happy to have him back because he's a disruptive tech, uh, disruptive tech uh, visionary. Shafim Diamond, CEO of Victory Square Technologies, trades in Canada under VST for a friends in the US, VSQTF, and even for a friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 6F6. Look, a lot of you know the Agoracom thesis. We believe that this decade is going to create three times more wealth from disruptive tech than the prior three decades combined. And we're talking about AI, virtual reality, augmented reality, Web3, which is crypto, blockchain, NFTs, renewable energy, and so on and so forth. The challenge is that most investors, however, have very little experience in any of these because they're disruptive and they're just starting to really grow, let alone the whole basket of them. So the danger is that you end up missing the boat of probably what I think is going to be the greatest wealth creation decade in history. That's where Victory Square comes in because it gives investors access to a basket of the best startups in the best industries with maximum growth, with maximum growth potential, right? They build, they acquire, they invest in promising startups. Uh, they provide them the senior leadership and the resources needed to fast track their growth. And they've had great success. Right now, their portfolio has got over 25 companies in there, uh, all from Web 3.0, blockchain, gaming, the creator economy, you name it. Mortgage lip service for the nine months under September 30th, adjusted net income, $2.3 million. Earnings per share, three cents per share. Working capital, $7.8 million. They even had a couple of dividends go out in some of their portfolio companies. When do you ever hear about that in the small cap space? We're talking about... The company's press release wrapping up 2021. Looking forward to 2022. Shafin, welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me, George. Um, hey, let's talk first about the status. Before we get into the portfolio, I think Web3 seems to be on everybody's mind between the metaverse and NFTs. And you've got significant uh, exposure <clears throat> there through Fantasy360, through Game On Entertainment, and even through Momentable. And, uh, and, and some other NFT projects that you're working on. What are you seeing there? You know, is Web3 moving from this, what is this industry to it is really going to be a part of our lives for the, for the next 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, our, our shareholders have heard, you know, us talk about Web1, um, which is kind of democratizing access to information, um, which is, you know, basically read. Web2, which was read and write. Um, where uh, you had, you know, uh, social networks pop up and, and organize uh, and curate a lot of the information. Um, and then in Web3, we're seeing this, um, you know, this, this decentralization uh, kind of uh, movement. In Web2.0, uh, um, large social networks uh, like Facebook or, or, or Google or YouTube um, kind of emerged. And they did some really good things. <laughs> they made the the, the user experience, um, uh, you know, really good. They organized information, uh, curated information, allowed people to find things in, in a lot easier manner. Uh, but there was a trade-off, and that trade-off was uh, owning, you know, uh, it was privacy and, and owning your own uh, data. And we're we're seeing, um, you know, this Web three movement where. Uh, you know, tech is now borderless. There's amazing developers and, and IP coming all over the world where new technologists are 
you know, are, 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 are working with technology to solve a lot of the pain points that, that they're seeing in web too. Um, it's still very early. I think when we look at this, just to, as, you know, as a, as a note, we look at this five, 10, 15, 20 years kind of out. Um, right now, what's been very interesting is, like you mentioned, uh, whether it was the concept of the metaverse or N NFTs, um, you know, play to earn. Uh, yeah. These are all a byproduct of, of really bright people, uh, you know, playing around with these ideas and, and some of these platforms that have been built to kind of reimagine um, how they'd like things to be or to solve pain points that they're seeing kind of today. And you see this in every, you know, we've seen this in every kind of tech, tech movement. At first, um, a lot of it is about people playing around with it. Um, and in playing around with it, you're going to have a lot of projects fail. Um, uh, and, and I think we're at that stage right now uh, where every time you see a, a crypto boom and a crypto winter, um, each time uh, the good projects survive uh, and the ba bad projects and the bad actors kind of go away. But what's interesting is there's always a movement kind of forward and a lot of progress. So, you know, Tech we, doesn't stop, right? Yeah, we, we're very on the, the, the sector. One of the things I find super interesting is you know, growing up here in, in, in Canada, um, you know, I feel like we were very, very fortunate to have access to good education, you know, good government, although some right now could argue that, good government, you know, safety, security. There are a lot of things, you know, banking, established banking system. Um, and what we see in this Web3 movement, what I find is really interesting is that um, it's the ability for people or perfect strangers uh, to connect over something. So let's say it's a, it's a, you know, a, a bathing ape NFT or a CryptoPunk NFT. Um, now that in its own is not going to change the world, but these people that are, are perfect strangers that are coming together around some sort of, you know, something that's drawing them together. Then they're pool, yeah. But then they're pooling their, their funds together um, towards other types of, uh, you know, other types of initiatives. So this idea of like, strangers from around the world connecting with one another uh, and then pooling their funds together to to invest in or um, impact other types of projects and to me i think it's going to be really interesting to see that when you look at the stats i mean the fact is uh you know people not not everyone has access to equities or, or, or owning assets and i think one of the movements with web3 and this idea of decentralization is it's the distribution now there's obviously a lot of pain points and problems with 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 it today it's not perfect but i think just the idea and thought process going forward for us um you know is, is a big movement and, and you see this again um i remember during the dot-com boom you had you know all these new technology upstarts and then you had these old ones like hp and ibm and the the old guard always fights and says you know the internet is a fad the internet's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happened. And you're seeing the same. And thing. we saw what happened, right? Blockbuster. That's, that's we can yeah. talk about a hundred examples, but Blockbuster is what happens when the old guard ignores new tech. Yeah, and, and that's going to happen again, right, Shafin? Because well, well, it is happening. It's it's happening right now. Um, and again, the old guard. You know, whether it's someone like Jack Dorsey or or, or, or right. You know, Funny that Jack, Jack Jack Dorsey doesn't see Web three. It's a. I think he's afraid that ten thousand influential social media users around the world. Are going to get together and create a decentralized form of Twitter. Uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I don't think he's afraid. I think you know, with you know, with 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 
um, you know, some of the things he said before, uh, he's a big proponent in, 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 of Bitcoin. Um, he, you know, I think in uh, you know, two points there, one, I think the old guard uh, is always going to question uh, the new movement, which I think is happening. But two, I think in his case, he did point out a lot of like flaws to the system. And I think this is the, the, the thing that people need to understand is that anytime there's a new technology or a new way of thinking or new ideas, there's this period of just testing. Um, where people are throwing things against the wall. I mean, if you go back 20 years, everything was a dot-com this, dot-com that, and not everything made sense and not everything was required or needed. Um, and, and most of, of the, 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 the things that weren't needed, you know, fell by the way, uh, wayside. But things that, that did make sense, that did create efficiencies, um, you know, emerged. And I think that's kind of the, the, the thing that's happening right now. But for us, from Victory Square's perspective, we believe that, uh, it's you know there's going to it's it, web three is a thing it's going to be it's going to continue to grow uh, we believe that by being positioned well we can provide asymmetric returns for victory square shareholders so we are plugged in and have anchors in a number of different areas in that space and it, it is a big focus however i will say that it's still early um there's still you know it's still early uh, which is good which is actually good news right Shafin? it's still early still a lot of time for victory square to pick up great assets at cheap prices Still a great time for Victory Square shareholders to get the benefit of that, right? Uh, yes, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also, I think like there's something to be said for a first mover advantage. So, you know, having been in this space for a number of years, um, you know, where uh, where there are applications that are, let's say, further along, um, we're already in those areas. So you mentioned, you know, Fantasy 360, which does business as immersive tech, you know, focused around um, the metaverse and, and, and digital assets. Um, they've been in the game, they've worked with large Fortune 500 companies, they've got customers, they've got distribution. So there's a, a first mover advantage for them, you know, to, again, to be a leader in that sector and space. And the same thing with, with Game On and what it's doing with MX Player and um, Times Internet in, in India um, and Polygon Studio. So again, like working with a large chain, working with a company that's got distribution and content. So all the sectors we're in, there's a big first mover advantage. And again, we've seen those companies uh, that are that are first movers in sectors and spaces that assemble a really good team, have a good product market fit, have distribution. Um, there's a higher probability of success, and these are you know big portfolio companies um, of ours. So and not success means monster paradigm shifting success. Absolutely, if, if you yeah, get it right. It's not incremental. It's not oh George Calm decent little NFT Web three incremental. If you get it right, you knock it out of the park. Absolutely. And, that, and that's the big thing with, you know, when you're when you're going, um, you know, when you're, you're going into areas that not everyone is, that's generally where you'll find the asymmetric returns, but you got to be right. And I think for us, in all of those areas, um, you know, there's a there are a number of criteria and things that we look for to mitigate our downside risk exposure and, you know, give us the, the, the biggest opportunity to, again, for outsized returns, which is kind of what we're, you know, what our focus is. And by the way, Third-party validation is something I always talk about on Agorcom. Not that Victory Square needs it because your record speaks for itself. But when it comes to talking about, there might be people at home watching and listening to saying, yeah, 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 I keep hearing about NFTs and I keep hearing about Web3. Uh, maybe that's Shafin talking his book. I'm not completely convinced. But third-party validation, just the last week or so, we had Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram make major announcements with respect to how they're going to integrate NFTs into their platforms. Do you think that is 
do you think these announcements became the inflection point where you know that's the ultimate ultimate legitimacy that nfts are going mainstream and that we all now need to start playing closer attention because the game is on i mean we've seen board ape yacht club ever since they uh the integration of board apes as your id on twitter uh they've not climbed 50 percent in the in the last week what do you what do you think was that a made and was that good news for victory square to see the big the big social media platforms finally integrate yeah i think in in our opinion it was inevitable that um that the, the large platforms start to pay attention uh <clears throat> content producers start to pay attention uh <clears throat> to this so we're not surprised by that <clears throat> excuse me um you know i would say kind of two things one um, for us, our viewpoint on on this is that the the interest level, the 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 platforms, the the companies, um, content producers are going to continue to play uh, again with all of these new technologies, um, uh, and and through that we'll see this innovation, we'll see the sector kind of mature. Um, however, it is still you know it's, it is still very very early, and I think for investors, you know the important thing right now is um, is to you know. We don't want investors to miss out. We want them to get exposure to this asset class early. Um, however, there's still a lot of friction between setting up a wallet, holding a private key. Very um, complicated. Really, really being able to kind of do due diligence on some of the projects and, and manage and maintain these projects. And so, you know, for Victory Square, one of the reasons why we, we have assets in those sectors, in addition to a diverse portfolio that's not necessarily Web3, so digital health is an example, is that Investors can get access to this asset class, but in the in the form of a diversified, you know, kind of portfolio. Because again, given that it is early, it's going to be a lot. There's still a lot of volatility. There's going to be again a lot of bad actors. You're still going to see a lot of this type of stuff. Uh, but the key is, if you can pick the right winners and you can hold the right winners, then uh, again, that's where you'll see uh, considerable gain. So whether it's Instagram, Twitter, um, you know. Bob Iger just made a statement who is a former you know, uh, head of Disney uh, on the impact of NFTs. Uh, it's going to be, it's, it's inevitable that more and more people are going to be uh, entering into the, the, the space. Um, and again, we've seen this happen before with technology. Um, initially, there's this discovery phase. Um, and then as more and more people kind of uh, adopted more utility and, and, and things to do, get created, um, then there's that that flywheel, you know, kind of moment. And so I don't think we've seen that flywheel moment yet in, in the Web3 space. I think it's still coming because people are still trying to a, figure it out, um, you know, uh, to have utility, utility that actually makes uh, things better and more efficient. But I think it's coming and I think it's, you know, as more and more. But, but it's definitely picking up pace now because once Facebook, Instagram and Twitter kind of sent out that signal, that pretty much signaled every corporation on the planet to start. So I think I think we've shifted gears then. Is that a good way to say it? Last year, you had all the time in the world. Hey, I'll brag a little bit. My family bought three board apes last year at the very, very beginning. We still got two of them, right? But you had a lot of time, a lot of time to make decisions and so on. But it seems like this new this news from Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter has now taken it up a notch and, and, think, and it's starting to speed up. And so I think you're right about what you said. It's still... Not quite there, but we're definitely in, in the in the next phase, in the in the next gear. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's inevitable. I mean, I think this is the thing too. When when the when when you know when we started in the dot com boom, like for us, there was no doubt that that you know the internet and 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 
and the innovation that was going to be built on top of it was going to, um, you know, improve in the way we connected and uh, accessed information and, and, and played and did a variety of different things was going to change. And it's the same feeling we have now. <clears throat> the, the challenge for investors is that a lot of investors are very, very short term. Um, and they're, you know, and the, the volatility and, 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 and they get caught up in a lot of noise. And I think what ends up happening is they end up missing out on, on big opportunities. And so for us, it's inevitable. It's, this, this is a, a movement that's gonna happen. How long it happens, how long it takes or, or the volatility that comes along with it, um, you know, is why we again give our investors exposure to that sector, but in a balanced kind of portfolio so that if there is volatility or if there's another crypto winter, it really doesn't impact <clears throat> their portfolio or you know, their long-term prospects. Yeah, and you don't need to go all in on something. The great thing about being at the beginning of a paradigm shift is if you get it right, you don't have to go heavy, all in, unbalanced, like you're saying, you know, so that way you, you're providing some exposure, but not so much that it's going to rock, you know, the portfolio if things go through a crypto winter. But if you get it right, the gains are so big. I even tell some of my friends who are saying, hey, George, should I buy? How much should I invest in this token? And I say, well, look, if you really have done your research and you really think it's for you and you really think it's going to be something great in the future, you don't need to spend more than five or 10 grand to invest. Because if you're right, you're going to get 50, 100, 200 X gains out of it. So you can make, but you don't have to go mortgage the house. Uh, yeah. So I like the way Victor Square is doing it, which is, you know, you don't have to go out balanced over, you know, over the top and then put the whole portfolio at risk during yeah. during the consternation yeah and one other thing to know when we look at the, the the sector it's the same way we look at other industries is you know and i think we've written about this written about this in in past um shareholder letters is picks and shovels <laughs> um you know when we look at the the web3 space a lot of the projects we have are, are chain agnostic so you know covalence a prime example um it doesn't matter whether ethereum or avalanche or cardano or you know, or Polygon uh, wins, it's, it's irrelevant because again, we believe in the sector as a whole uh, and a lot of the IP that we're funding and building is agnostic um, uh, to that. So again, the other thing too is in that sector, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you're, again, you're building tools that um, as, as this, if you believe in the sector and industry as a whole, you're not bound or, or you know, to one specific um, jockey. So let's talk about that. Let's kind of switch gears there a little bit. In your 2022 outlook part of the, of the press release, you talked about your top five objectives. One of that was some spinoffs, more spinoffs. And by the way, you're very successful. You had three successful spinoffs in 2021, a couple of successful exits. So you, you guys executed there. And what I like though, what I like about it is that you have uh, a nice little uh, diversity. You got Stardust Solar, uh, you've got uh, Turnium, you've got Copilot. Um, let's talk about the 2022 outlook because you guys did so well uh, from an operational point of view in 2021. Yeah, I, I want to take one step back just for a second too, because I think um, in that news release, you know, we also kind of did a, a recap. And what's important about looking forward is to look back and, and see, you know, what we accomplished um, so we can feel confident in what our 2022 outlook is. And I think in 2021, you know, we look at the year, we ended the year again with a, with a healthy balance sheet, which was something that we, we talked about at the beginning of the year. Um, so, you know, assets increased, 
uh, you know, solid, you know, working capital position. So investors don't necessarily need to be worried about dilution. Um, we announced at the beginning of 2021 a share buyback. We, you know, executed on the share buy buyback throughout the year. Um, and you mentioned earlier we gave away share dividends. So, you know, for every thousand shares held, you know, VST gave away just under $40 um, to, to shareholders. And so, again, those are three things that were very, very important. We also talked about, you know, spin outs. In 2021, we had Game On. Uh, Fantasy 360 and Covalent CQT uh, listing. Uh, we had, you know, two positions that we kind of exited. Um, we sold our uh, position in Argo blockchain in, in Q1 of the year. Or million, uh, and, million, dollar, million dollar gain there. Yeah, and, and we had the sale of... Uh, Great numbers. $6 yeah, million no, dollar sale of your VPN platform. Yeah, and, and we also... 2021 proves that Victory Square knows what it's doing, can make the right picks and can exit. Yeah, and, and we brought on new new investments. You know, every year we talk about uh, increasing the portfolio by three to five new new projects, which allows us, you know, to hit that target of doubling our NAV uh, every three three to five years. So whether it was Hydrate, which has been a you know is a wholly owned sub, a really strategic acquisition of ours, um, IP from Aspen, which is a lot of Web three uh, IP that we've been building on, Startup Solar and Creator.co. So when we look forward to our 2022 uh, outlook. You know, we can feel confident and shareholders can feel confident that we executed, you know, on operationally on what we said we were going to do. So when we look forward, again, spinoffs are a big focus for this year. Um, you mentioned Stardust Solar, Creator.co, Turnium and Copilot. You know, all, uh, all of those companies are working towards uh, a listing this year. Um, in the spinoff, it also can, you know, connect to our, our, our ability to give out another common share dividend. Um, for 2022, which again, we're going to put um, that, like we did last year, we put the question out to our shareholders and investors on getting their feedback on how they wanted us to handle kind of the, the, the share dividend. And then there's, again, three sectors. You know, we mentioned, we talked about Web3. Um, digital health and climate tech are two other big sectors that we're focused on. Digital health is something we've been in since, in since 2017. We've got some good assets between Victory Square Digital Health, uh, Hydrate, uh, Safe Test uh, in Brazil. So we've got really good teams, um, really good IP, uh, and they all revolve around diagnostic testing, um, you know, telehealth, uh, online pharmacy, uh, and pr uh, uh, precision medicine. So these are kind of the four areas that that we we built some core IP. I think for 2022. Um, again, because a lot of the assets we have are wholly owned, and we believe that digital health is going to continue to grow, and, 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 and I think the pandemic just accelerated the adoption of that. Um, we're going to go deeper, uh, deeper in North America, specifically the U.S. market, and then in Brazil, because we've already got a first mover advantage, we have the ability to build a bit, you know, a big digital health portfolio there. So that's a big focus for us. Climate tech is something that you know it started off with with um, Stardust Solar and some other. Um, smaller projects that we've been kind of funding in the in the area around around. And Stardust Solar has really has really grown. Stardust Solar has really grown. Um, it's on track again to list this year. Uh, <clears throat> again, the renewable space is something important. Stardust is actually expanding into the U.S. and Mexico um, currently as well. Um, and so <clears throat> again, I think operationally, uh, you know, the focus uh, spin out of those four companies, uh, the common share dividend. Uh, you know, continue to grow the portfolio in the Web3 digital health and climate tech, tech space. With digital health too as well, we may actually continue to run 
those businesses as wholly owned subsidiaries as well, just because again, we see that they're big potential for you know strong cash flow in those businesses. And now the, the other area, which I think is really, really important for, for our shareholders. So as, as a, you know, operationally, we can see the KPIs, we can see our assets increasing, we can see our companies, you know, the, 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 the portfolio companies coming into the uh, increase, cash position increase, we can see a lot of the KPIs internally, but for a lot of shareholders, what they'll look at is the share price. And it's no secret that in the last seven months. Yeah, let, let, we'll address that. Let's address. And it's not unique to you guys, by the way. The small cap space just went through a, a really down cycle. And sometimes there's nothing you can do to avoid that. Yeah. But I mean, for, for us, I think the, the, the big thing is, you know, <coughs> what, we can, can, what we can control is continue to execute at a high level. So when we talk about doing what we said we're going to do, you know, increasing our asset base, increasing the new portfolio companies that come, out, come in, uh, spin off common share dividend like those are things that we can continue to uh to do help our portfolio companies uh execute but i think you know we're gonna put uh you know big emphasis on on the share price this year or at least getting a new you know a new addition to it because again we, we we are very you know we were very disappointed with uh with the per performance of the share price however because we're not concerned and we've seen that the business is is, is growing and we've seen these cycles happen like you mentioned it's been an entire it's been you know that that negative decline has been all across uh, the small cap space so i think you know as, as we look forward we know that there's good investors sitting on the sidelines specifically family you know offices which are, i think are the right type of investor to to, to look to, to to vst um you know i think building out our, our discord community uh, increasing the amount of dd that's on there for shareholders to be able to, to, to see and share like we're listening to some of the questions that they're, they've been asking um you know i think the next one is going to be a breakdown of our nav. Um, a lot of investors have heard us on on on, on these you know um, interviews talk about you know there's a big disconnect between what our market cap is and what our nav is, um, and and we want to for people at home net asset value. Net asset value. Sorry. And our, our, I just want to make sure. So most people know, but it's always good to make yeah. this. And important. if you look at that, you know our market cap is around twenty five million dollars, whereas our nav is over a hundred million, um, and the nav also supports our ability. You know, to show that we've been returning over a nine x return on capital invested, like these key KPIs, and so I think, you know, in, in the month of February, we are going to host a webinar with our, our shareholders to break down the NAV so they can actually see, um, you know. And, and is there any thoughts, Shafin, to actually uh, doing a monthly NAV, just yeah. announcing it? So we, we've, because <laughs> I think that's I've seen another other company that I was advising on, and they did that, and that made a huge difference. Yeah. So, right? this, so just every month say, hey, for the month before, this is our this is our net asset value. Yeah. So th that is that is something that we're we're working on for this year. We wanted to do it monthly. Um, there's a there's a it may end up being quarterly, but we, our goal is to get it out monthly and starting in the month of February, where we don't want to just put it out. We actually want to break it down with our shareholders so they can see each of the portfolio companies how they were valued so was it on the last financing round where was it on their kpis compared to what you know companies that, that are trading on trading on based on that like we we don't we want them to actually see not just the macro number but how that number is you know is broken down so they can feel very comfortable in that number and we're going to i think uh, host a webinar for our shareholders at the end of february where all of our shareholders are going to be invited to actually you know watch us break down yeah, that'd be fantastic. We, you and I have been talking about that, doing a portfolio. You, you and I have talked about it a couple of times where we should actually do that, where we go through the portfolio on a web 
you know, so I'm glad you guys are doing yeah. that. But By the way, do you still have that problem? Do you still have that small problem? Not, not that's a problem, but accounting rules means uh, you could have an investment in Georgecom, but if you're not over a certain percentage of ownership in Georgecom, you can't really yeah. put that on your balance sheet, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you'll be able to address that as well in the webinar to show, in addition to our NAV being over 100 million, we've also got investments in Georgecom and ABC and XYZ, but we can't put them on our balance sheet for accounting reasons because we don't own a big enough portion of them, right? Is that still there? Yeah, yeah that, exactly. And, and I think it's 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 like the key here is going to be, you know, breaking down the portfolio company so they can see, for example, like in what you just mentioned, in the case of Fantasy 360, we can just look at, you know, the most recent trade to calculate what the value of that is towards our NAV. But we can also show shareholders that from an accounting perspective, the, the auditors value it at cost because our ownership is over a certain uh, amount. And right. I think it's be important to, to, to break down very important the, the, the nav number uh, on on our nav and you know how that appears on our um, on our audited uh, financials and why because I think that clarity and that transparency is going to be really important because people that take the time to see that are going to be able to see that the company is significantly undervalued and again that's where when you do your research that's where you find you know the hidden gems that's where you find value you know companies that are the, a great entry point and that's what we believe we have for shareholders. So shareholders that will tune in, see that breakdown, and hopefully we'll share it. That's that's where the, the that's where the opportunity to get a great entry point comes in. Well, look, if you're a shareholder investor, that's the one. If you if you're if you're only going to watch one webinar for Victory Square, that's the one you want to watch, right? Because you want to see exactly what the value is of what you're holding. And I'm I, I mean we know already shareholders would be very very pleasantly surprised. And, and inject another level of confidence. Shafin, we could go on talking, you and I, for two hours because we love disruptive tech. There's so much more to Victory Square uh, just by virtue of 25 portfolio companies and the sectors that you're invested in. But uh, we probably don't have that luxury for your work schedule and for most people who are watching and listening. Let's end it off with final word to you. What's the final takeaway you want uh, for your shareholders and as we as we you know head into... Uh, the second month of 2022? Well, I mean, I think the first thing, just to what you and I talked about, to summarize, like, um, you know, we, we've seen uh, tremendous returns for investors um, that backed uh, tech companies, you know, over the last decade uh, or two. And we're seeing that shift happening. You know, we're seeing these tech giants, you know, the next eight, decade being incubated. Um, the challenge that you and I both talked about is that it's difficult to find. These companies are not coming from all over the world. It's hard to do DD. It's still early. There's a lot of volatility. And so for Victory Square, you know, we, we help investors get access to tomorrow's giants today. Um, we identify them. We put them into Victory Square. Um, you know, we're, we're finding those companies that are solving these pain points and rethinking the customer service of tomorrow in one public company. So for shareholders, by owning Victory Square, they're aligned with management who's funded and seeded this, but they get exposure to these sectors like Web3, like climate tech, like digital health, uh, you know, in artificial intelligence, augmented reality, all yeah. those incredible things that Shafin people just don't have the time to do their own due diligence on, like I said, in one sector, let alone across five or six or seven sectors. And it's a great entry point right now. One of the things we talked about, you know, I think uh, it would be very good for investors to tune in to that webinar on the breakdown of NAV because 
again, this is where as investors, you find great entry points, um, you know, that you can make a position in a good company and, and again, do whatever all of us are trying to do, which is, you know, in, in create wealth. Well, and I, I'm going to end up, I, I want to emphasize what you just said, create wealth. Guys, if you're at home looking to flip something quick, make a quick buck, take from guys like me who've been doing it for 25 years, guys like Shafin, it really doesn't exist. I mean, we can all get lucky a couple of times and invest in something that just happens to skyrocket in a short period of time, but that's not an investing strategy. If you believe in the future of disruptive tech or what's going to go on this decade with the blockchain, with crypto, with tokens, NFTs, plus artificial intelligence and all these other sectors we've talked about, digital health, right? Then you need to give them time to grow and you need to find the vehicle to start investing in them today. Victory Square, that's what it does for you. I can't tell you go out and buy it because I can't give investment advice. You've got to make that decision for yourself. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to get rich slow, which is ask Warren Buffett and ask some of the most successful investors in the world, it doesn't happen overnight. If you want to get rich slow, you find great emerging trends in the market, great disruptive technologies. You find a way to get exposure to them early, and then you wait, give them time to grow, mature, and deliver that full value. And that's what Victory Square aims to do for you. They've proven it in 2021 with what they did. You have to make a decision if that's the right investment vehicle for you. We can't say it, but I'm going to say this. 12 months from now, February 1st, 2023, don't say we didn't tell you so. All right. Shafin, thanks for joining us, my friend. Thank you. For everybody at home, you've been watching Shafin Diamond, CEO of Victory Square Technologies, trades in Canada under VST for our friends in the US, VSQTF for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 6F6. Time, to do, time for you to do your due diligence. Take a look at the company's profile page in Agoracom to get a good overall picture because there's a lot to absorb here. And then make sure to hop over to the company's website Take a do, to do your deeper dive due diligence. But don't forget, the deepest dive due diligence you can, you can do is the company's uh, webcast webinar. It's going to be taking place at the end of the month. Look for details of that on Agoracom, on Victory Square, and make sure you be there. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and then leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel so you don't ever miss another great Agoracom small cap video.